And uh, we are back. You are listening to uh, this American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. Hello. Tony, hi, it's Darren Carter. Darren Carter, we were just talking about you. Darren Carter, still the party starter? Darren Carter, the party. What's that? How are you? You good? I'm good. I'm good. We had a we had a little cutout in your connection. Wherever you are right now, whatever point you're at, if you stay stationary there, uh, we uh, we yes. will be able to hear you. We are fantastic, man. Uh, I so appreciate you calling in. Uh, we are talking with Darren Carter, who is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows, and Sunday for one show. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is. That is. Yep. I will be here. Now, is this your second or third time at Rick's Club? It's my third time, and every time I come here, man, this place is just—it's amazing. And it's—it's it's, uh, you know, anytime a club opens, you know, the, it, it's just going to get better. And like this place is just—it's been on fire. It's amazing. You know, it's—it's it's growing by leaps and bounds. I—I I remember uh, the first time I sat down and had a conversation with Rick when he came to town. The place wasn't built yet. I actually walked in, and there was construction going on, and drywall was exposed and wires exposed. And we went uh, next door to some restaurant uh, uh, that was uh, running then that is gone now and uh, uh, talked about doing business together. And I've been I've been fortunate enough to watch that club go from not being a club to each week their audiences seem to grow and grow. It's, it's bigger crowds now than when you first came, correct? Totally. Like when I first came, you know, like I, I remember, I don't know, maybe like two or three years, whatever it first opened, like I went there and, uh, you know, there'd be like 20 people and, and they're like, yeah, we, we, we just, you know, we're glad there's something here on this part of town. This is new. And, and then the next time I came, there'd be a little bit more. And then this time I came on Wednesday, on Wednesday, there was like at least a hundred people. I mean, on a Wednesday and it was like, wow, this, this is great. I mean, he, you know, Rick and, and I, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's, it's cool because it's like, it's a variety of people. It's like all, it's like ages, ethnicities, like just people coming together, having the time of their life, man. I don't know if it's, just, it's amazing to see it. It's so fun. And, and, uh, after the show, man, it's, it's I noticed that there's repeat people that have seen me here before. So it's kind of cool. Like you're getting new people. Then there are people that are like. Hey, I saw you here 10 months ago, man. I came with my son-in-law from Austin. I'm like, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's cool? About- I, I, remember, I remember the guy because he, he was a surgeon and he had kind of a, he was kind of a character. That, like there was a couple of different people that came and I'm like, that's, and that's what's great now because you can stay in touch through social media. Like, you know, like they'll follow you on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or something and and I'm like, of course I know you. You're David Marsh. He'll <laughs> be at the show tonight. <laughs> you know, one of the cool things about that club, it's, it's on an entertainment district street. You can literally park, and there's restaurants and shopping. It's, it's like being in the city without any of the uh, negativity that uh, comes with the city because there's plenty of parking. It's safe. It's pretty. You know, and uh, there, know. there are people that live across the street in apartments who just leave their apartment and cross the street to go to that club. I know they said some lady that interviews comics and stuff. I'm like, I'm waiting. I want to be interviewed by her. It'd be kind of fun. And and then they, uh, uh, you know, what's funny is like, man, just just the neighborhood feel of this place. Um, so you know, like I used to have a full thick head full of red hair, right? You did. And, 
Yeah, somebody told me like today they go they go that was a lot of red cabbage. <laughs> but um, so like the manager was kind of you know he was sort of kind of balding you know a little bit, and I go, dude, let me tell you, I've been cutting my hair, I've been I've been taking it down to a one. I just get some clippers. I take the, the guard, I want, I just buzz it. I go, it's like, you you just go for it. And he's like, really? I'm like, dude, let's get your hair cut. So, so there's a, there's a barbershop, I think it's called like Jack's, Jack's Barbershop. Yeah. And we walked in and we told him the situation. Hey, I have a comic from out of town. He wants to get the party starter. That's what the haircut's called. I'm going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Carter, the party starter. The guy's like, you know what? Give me the party starter. Let's do it. And I filmed the whole thing, put it on my Instagram. And the guy like pretty much shaved his head <laughs> he went from kind of like balding long hair and he, you'll see him he's a manager his name is Nico he went for the party starter I know Nico Nico went for the party yeah. starter yeah he went for the party starter he was 25 and balding and he's like you know what? it's time to end this you know Nico Nico's easily influenced I think you know that <laughs> well I mean if that tells you anything there you go now the first no, I mean the manager go ahead yeah I was going to say, the first time I met you, it had to be 20 years ago. It was at a club in West Hollywood. You had a manager at the time uh, who said, uh, I want to introduce you to uh, uh, this uh, this new comic we're working with. And I saw you that night, and I went, this guy is incredibly funny. I've seen you in North Hollywood at Jack Asadorian's place at the Haha. I've seen you in venues here. I was talking with Shirley. We hired you about around 2007, 2008. You may not remember this. But there was a, uh, a production company that hired you to do a show at the W Hotel. And in the interim, they had collapsed. They kind of went out of business. And they came to me and they said, uh, Tony, and I was doing shows in the most unusual place in the world. There was a little showroom at a Dave and Buster's in Desert Ridge near where Rick's Club is now. And we bought, oh, the, sh- wow. we bought the show. We said, all right, we'll buy the show. And it was a little 102-seat room. And I think 200 people showed up. We had Bedlam at the door. We were happy because we sold all the seats, but we had bought the show, and we hired you that night. And you came up, and you asked me, you go, do you want the show to be clean or dirty? You went clean. And I, as, as soon as you walked away, I went, I probably shouldn't have said that. And, <laughs> 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 and right out of your mouth, I think you said, they said to do a clean show. Is that what you? And I, I sat there, and I laughed like hell. You know, I had been a comic myself. And you put on this killer show at Dave & Buster's. And for years, I went, this is the next breakout comic. I've never seen anybody who enjoys being on stage more than you. How do you do that night after night? I mean, there's got to be nights where you go, and uh, there's got to be over the years, every time you go, my life sucks. I wish I was a machinist. Uh, I should have stayed in college. But uh, how, regardless of that, every night, man, it's full on, full energy. It's the party starter every time. You know what it is, and I, and I, cause I, I get that comment a lot. Of people notice that, and I, and I think what it is, it's, uh, you know, I guess maybe, maybe we live in a day and age. Like I said, back to the social media, we're able to like take more control, and and also, you know, I put out, um, I put out four comedy albums now. You know, and uh, oh, here's a new way. To, by the way, Tony, if if you put out a CD, sometimes people are like CD. I don't have a CD player. So here's a way to reword it. Tell people you have a new audio special. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little bit better. And also, here's another thing I've learned, Tony. If, at the end of the show, when you hand, you know, like, you know how people hand out, like, their, you used to hand, like, hey, here's my business card, you know, like, with your email yeah. or something. I, 
I call that a collector's card. <laughs> <laughs> that way they won't throw it away. They're like, hey, wow, I got a Tony Visage collector card. This is awesome. <laughs> 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 so, so back to the having fun on stage. What I try to do is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly like, you know, churning over new material. So it's like I'm, I, I you know, I, I keep some of the good hits, give them a little taste. But I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's. I want to work on this part of my life. Let me let me talk about this and this and this. And and when you do that, you'll always have new stuff to talk about and new fun stuff that's happening. And also, you know, I was, I, I was kind of blessed with the ability to to you know like to improv with the audience a little bit like so I can interact and I and and so that always keeps it fresh because you just never know what's going to happen on that end you know and I and I usually do it in, in, in an uplifting way I'm not like trying to you know tear people down and make them feel like crap it's like no, there's there's like nothing there's nothing mean or yeah. bitter in anything. There's some comics that make a living off of being mean and bitter, and some of them are well good at it. But you, it's fun. You're gonna watch you. And, do you still do the? Um, um, I'm gonna. I call it the Snoop Dogg bit. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny is, um, yeah, I do. I do sometimes. I'll, I'll I'll throw that in the end, but it's like, um, I mean, you know, the the Snoop Dogg bit is because uh, I, <laughs> dude, I <laughs> I reincarnated that bit for like a good 10 years <laughs> like, I was like hmm, let's do Snoop because I could do a Snoop Dogg impression so I'd be like hey let's put Snoop Dogg on the news what would that be like and so I'd go today there was an earthquake where where was cracking <laughs> um, gasoline prices continue to rise from the Lincoln Navigator to a Geo Metro oh no <laughs> an, an NFL football player was arrested for 500 pounds of marijuana where where now that's a Super Bowl <laughs> So I, I, I remember doing that. Once I did that on a couple DVDs and it got on YouTube, like about three three different or three or four different YouTube videos, I was like, yeah, I got to put that one to rest. And so then, <laughs> then I worked it on over to, to, to it was great because then he changed his name to Snoop Lion for a, little, for yeah, a couple years yeah. and was going to do like reggae. So I'm like, bam, bring him back out. And and I would do like, Snoop Lion happens to Murgatroyd. It ain't no fun. <laughs> Exit States Left Haven. It's Snoop Lion. Roar, roar. <laughs> he's back in. He's back. Make- he's back in the, the kind of limelight now because he's got a, a TV show with Martha Stewart. I know. Isn't that wild? Mar- Gosh, you would never think those two would be together, but there they are. They're, they're on stage and they're on this. One, you know, baking, and I'm getting baked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they do their thing. Yeah, but I don't really do the. the now what I do is I'll, I'll do a little taste at the end, just kind of give yeah. some at the end. But it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like the impersonation stuff, it comes and goes. I, I don't know. Did you, did you ever do? Did you do impressions? Yeah, you know, you know, or? you know what, you know what. Uh, in, in, this would have been if this would have lasted around the time of the OJ trial. I had a, uh, I had a perfect impersonation bit of Johnny Cochran uh, cross-examining the cops, and people would roar and stand up. But unfortunately, then, as that faded from the limelight, then I'd be doing Johnny Cochran. What are you doing? Who is that? Is that Wayne Cochran? I don't know who you're doing. So I I was often cursed with able to do impersonations of really obscure people or people who fell quickly from the limelight. But uh, they're fun to do. But now, Snoop, if you think about Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart, she's done more time than he has. Oh, sh- <laughs> that's funny. That's true. She's oh, the she's badass. Oh, gee, a real gangster. Oh, yeah. 
I know. Oh my gosh! Right. I never thought about that, Tony. <laughs> uh, some you might feed it. Uh, you know, look. I mean, I, I've never told a comic, especially a comic of your caliber. Hey, you should do this. You know, like a drunk after the show, telling you should do jokes about this. But the fact that he is doing a, a show, a cooking show. With Martha Stewart, and when you look at it, you think he's the gangster and she's the nice lady. She's bet she spent more time in prison than he ever has. Oh man, yeah. But it's, you're right, though. Back to the, your point of the impersonations. It's like, like I, that's why I try not to do too many of the. Because you know, when I started out, I was doing a lot of impressions, and then, like you said, you learn, you learn, like the, you know, people come in and out of fashion, and you don't want to be up there doing like a lot of, you know. Like even that Snoop, okay, the Snoop Dogg thing, I would have fun with the Snoop Lion because I would jump into the um, the Snagglepuss impression, and it would be fun because then I could I could make I could have fun with the fact that you know people that are like you know twenty twenty one to you know anyone under twenty six usually didn't know what I was doing. And yeah, I'd make fun of them in a, in a, in a good natured way. I'd be like, "What are you doing? What you don't get? What's going on?" Because I would start doing lyrics to Digital Underground, which which is uh, oh, remember that song, um, the Humpty Dance. We were ta- we were talking about it yesterday. My wife actually was on yes. stage with those people at one time. So, yeah, good. Oh, so go ahead. Yeah. So you know that. That's awesome. <laughs> so you know that song where he's like, "I like the girls with the boom once you got busy in a Burger King bathroom." <laughs> so, so I <laughs> I would get the girl and be like. I would pick some young girl and I'd be like, you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? And she's like, no. And I'm like, it was a better time in America. Back be-. And I'd be like, a year before you were born, you could go to any fast food, re- like Burger King, and you could, you know, and I, and I make I make it sound like it was really a, like a hookup spot, you know, like you could <laughs> you spot somebody, they give you a Burger King crown, you tip it to the side. Like, like um, <laughs> you walk over to that Burger King bathroom, jeet up from the feet up, man. You'd open that bathroom door. What, what, what did you see? I go, you'd see beds, mattresses, lotions, potions. Burger King, have it her way. And then I go like this. Here's the big punchline. One year later. No, I go, nine months later, you were born. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, so, like, I'd make it look like her parents would go up at a Burger King, and I'd be like, hey, next time you see your folks, uh, just ask them. Say, Mom, Dad, did you guys used to get busy in Burger King? I, I always wondered why my, my son was Whopper Jr., <laughs> it's, it's a it's a fine line isn't it i mean it, as, as time goes on yeah, yeah. when i first started uh there were guys who were still around from the 50s and 60s who would show up at the clubs you know and they'd be doing references to richard burton and elizabeth taylor or or, Eisen, or even eisenhower and then you would see the older comics who were then still i, I remember sammy davis jr one time running out on stage in a uh well, it was a Nehru jacket with a big peace symbol, but he still had his hair come like Sammy Davis Jr. It's a fine line, isn't it, as, as time goes by towards being relevant with what we're talking about today without then being totally obscure because all your references are outdated. I mean, is, how do you keep yeah. up though in, in the way that you do? Because you do keep up. Man, you know what? It, it, you're right. And it's funny because I'm in, a, I'm in a place now where, you know, my son is nine. I'm married, so... There's a lot of stuff that's, I guess, relatable in that aspect. Like, it's like, oh, he's, you know, I could, a lot of people, but you're right, though. As time goes by, what happens when the kids, you know, they're not nine, they're not children anymore. And so, like, because right now, funny things just happen at home. So you're like, boom, there's material, da 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 da. But what happens when the, the kid, you know, is like 20? You're right. It's like, like, back to that Snoop Dogg thing, I did a, um, for your average audience, it's going to be, you know, like, wow, that's cool, he did Snoop Dogg. 
but I did like a like kind of a younger urban club. Yeah. The, the Hollywood Improv. It was the Hollywood Improv, and and I did the Snoop Dogg thing, man. I'm telling you, they, it, it it wasn't like afterwards. This young black comic was like, "Yo, man, you're really funny, man, but like like Snoop ain't really happening right now, man. You got to talk about like." And he named some rappers I didn't even know. <laughs> or whoever they were. Like, you got to talk about Rozelle or whoever. Like, you know, The Weeknd, whatever. There was these guys. And I was just thinking to myself, as he was telling me, I, I was taking in his point. I'm like, okay, it's good to hear. But I'm thinking, no, I don't want to. Maybe I'm being stubborn, but I'm like, no. Like, like I know where I'm at, like, as far as hitting these mainstream clubs. Like, yeah. I don't want to be doing obscure impressions of rappers that no one. Because that's, that's how I started, Tony. Like, when I was when I was 20 years old, I used to hit this and, and, and reference the latest pop song and, sure. the latest, and it was only funny to my, people my age like the college kids anybody who had kind of a life didn't know what I was talking about <laughs> so I don't want to go back to that I'm like no I'm not going to try to name some obscure rapper on the on you know you know, it's, yeah, so. ra- rappers seem it's like you know, they're running out of like obscure names it's like they all have common nouns it's like common the game weekend it was a common game on the weekend well that's an entire concert isn't it so uh (laughs) so you know you 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 referenced something i want to ask you a little bit uh that certainly snoop dogg's life has changed since he was first introduced to the world and was actually out on mtv one night when you know he was there there were warrants out for his arrest for murder and the people thought he was gonna get arrested and the wardrobe to now he is lovable old snoop dogg in a sense uh, you know, he's on yeah, a show at Mar- yeah. How has your life changed dramatically from when you started? If, if this isn't like a canned interview question, but how has your life changed dramatically from when you started till now? Well, I swap lives with Snoop, and I'm in a gang in Long Beach now. <laughs> and, uh, no, 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 I was uh, <laughs> full West Side. No. Um, you know what? I, I, I got to. You got to. You know. There you go. It's uh, started out when I was like 19, 20 years old, and. And uh, I would do jokes. Okay, so I, I, my very first year in comedy was in Fresno. That's where I grew up. Okay. Okay. And and then I and then I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area. All right. And, but my first year, my first year in comedy, I don't know if you ever played a club there. Uh, one was called Screwballs. Before that, it was called the Athenian Restaurant. In uh, in the Bay Area. No, no, no. It was in, it was in Fresno. Uh, you know, I, I did, I did a gig in Fresno. I believe I did. I did a New Year's Eve show in Fresno that a guy named Danny Mora uh, booked. Uh, so yeah, I, it was probably. You know what? I, I totally remember that era. Like, we there was a. I got when I started. There was this this uh, this guy. I, listen, there, there was this guy named Mister Ee. Okay, and he would <laughs> book us right away. Like, like I was I was on the speech and debate. So I kind of have like. You know, structured. I knew how to like put it. No, I basically was doing an act, but in speech class. And then when, it, and then when we would hit like the bowling alley or whatever, we would you know do our comedy at. Like so, right away I was getting like twenty five bucks, and it was like, wow, this is great. Yeah. What a great way to. And you know, not, then you move to L A or whatever, and you realize like, wow, that was. They still pay twenty five bucks. You move to L A and you're like, wow, that was. I was really lucky to get to get paid like that. But so in the beginning. I remember we would do like these little, you know, little hole in the wall joints, and it was and it was awesome. But I remember the first time I did a quote real club, and it was called the Athenian Restaurant, and that's when they would have like, you know, headliners come in from L.A. Guys like guys like you would come in from L.A. And I was 20 years old. I remember Steve. I never forget Steve Odekirk was the headliner. Yeah. Um, 
he was the headliner that week, and he went on to what I think write and direct um, like those uh, those Mr. Show pet detective movies. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff with yeah, yeah, um, and uh, and then like anyway. So so he, I remember like oh, he, he he directed uh, the Ace Ventura movies. I was say I was thinking yeah, of Bob yeah, Odenkirk. Yeah, Steve Odenkirk. Yeah, he went on to become a, a very successful director. You're right. You're right. Go on. Yeah, he was Jim Carrey's like good friend or whatever. So I remember like like here's a club full of you know adults. I would say like like in my mind they were grown ups. Like I was you know probably 19 going to community college and and here's a room full of people. And I remember this very clearly. They, a lot of them had like the Tommy Bahama shirts. They were like just <laughs> older people, right? So this is like 88, 89, 90, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so, so, you know, somebody who was, somebody back then who was like 30 or 35, to me seemed really like, wow, like older, you know? So I remember going up on stage. Okay, I remember the host was just, you know, he was killing, like the host was just like killing, like just, talking about stuff that people knew you know golfing or getting stuck you know airplane travel whatever and I remember he brought me up he goes it's his first time here uh, in a real comedy club he's done some open mics around town please welcome Darren Carter and they go up on stage and now there's a room full of adults and I'm bombing because I'm up there talking about like kid stuff I'm like hey don't you guys hate when you make a prank phone call and uh, <laughs> your mom your mom's behind you and you're all busted <laughs> You're like, you're the frog here. Oh, man. I start sweating, and I'm like, uh, what would it be if, um, what would it be like if Michael Jackson were to moonwalk? <laughs> um, okay, uh, this is my impression of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and they're just looking at me, man. And then and I, I remember, like, I go, uh, this is Charles Manson on the dating game. And then I, like, held up a Charles Manson mask, and it was just bad. <laughs> and then, like, I... So I, I slink off. To, I, I remember going off stage and like going backstage, and then the, the the MC comes back up and, like I said, he was probably in his 30s, which at the time that seemed older to me. And he's like, "So I got divorced from my wife, otherwise known as plaintiff or whatever." <laughs> and the crowd's like, "Genius! This guy's really good." And I was just like, "Man, I, wow! Like <laughs> I've got to grow up or something. <laughs> this is terrible." Like, <laughs> I, I remember, like the you know, and also when you're really young, it's like sometimes like the the other dudes will like, you know, they'll help you but kind of be cocky. Like I remember this guy, uh, we're, we're we're in the comedy club because he, you know, I went out there just to get away because I was bombing and I wanted to like, yeah. cool off. I was all sweaty. Flop <laughs> 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 sweat is terrible. <laughs> so like, I go I go to the back, you know, out the back kitchen in the in the parking garage area, just like wow, you know, get myself together. And I remember the. The, the uh, one of the other comics was like smoking a uh, cigarette, and he goes, he wouldn't look me in the eye, but he was standing right next to me, and he goes, "Do you know where you lost him?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I think I lost him on the." That's right, the Michael Jackson bit. <laughs> and, and was, it was like the worst feeling. I was like, uh, I, I remember thinking like. Like man, I can. I remember re like in my mind thinking like I can do okay like in places that don't matter like I yeah, can, you know like like a you know a redneck bar in Clovis, California or like a bowling alley or like a. But when it comes to real comedy clubs, I just don't. And it, that actually made me stronger because I'm like I got to get better, man. I got to work on this, and I know I can do it. And and yeah, you know, I know I can do it. Yeah, he did. So that's and so so my yeah so so my 
definitely my comedy has changed and my life has changed because you know life goes like there's a long time I was like wow I don't really I don't really have a lot of those like relationship jokes or yeah or uh, you know then and then you you know you get married and even when I got married I didn't really talk about like too much marriage stuff like the first couple of years because my other stuff was funnier <laughs> you know <what> I mean? like, <laughs> yeah you know, you know as you get married and then you realize like you don't have to I mean what you know it's almost like you know like martial arts how they say like you don't it's just like moving like water or like barely putting a little bit of effort in a single like you can take something off balance so like before I would try to come up with a bit like what's funny about blah 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 and then yeah and it could work but it could also be a lot of effort but then now sometimes I'll just literally almost repeat word for word something that happens with my wife and yes. it's like boom huge laugh because it's like oh it's so relatable I guess and just like like here's a good example this just came out one time on stage I go I go um my wife is I, I, I go hey I'm married I go my wife is even tempered she's always mad uh, <laughs> and, and that joke is like boom and my wife by the way loves that joke she's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's easy it's just my wife is even tempered she's always mad and it yeah. works it's like yeah. Simple and I don't have to, you know, it's weird. Like, well, you know, what I talk with younger comics and I go, I go, you know, you, they'll run and go, I saw, you know, they'll see, they'll hear some, say, some, somebody say something weird on the news or disgusting. They're appearing on stage and I go, well, I don't need you for that. I saw that too. I go, your job is to find the funny uh, that, that, the, that the audience doesn't see that then becomes apparent once you show it to them. That is one of those perfect things that it, in life's little moments, People say things and things happen, and we're the ones that kind of notice them and just highlight them. And you know what? That's a great joke. That my wife is even tempered. She's always mad. That is like, that is a classic joke. You know, going back to what you yeah. said about the uh, comic and going, do you know where you lost them? One of my very first shows at the Laugh Factory way back in the 80s uh, on Sunset, I did an open mic night, and some veteran comics who were friends of mine came out to see me, and they were pretty brutal guys. And we're leaving, and I asked this one comic, uh, I go, what'd you think? He goes, you're funnier in the car. <laughs> I go, what? Yeah, oh my God, that one, yeah, don't you hate that one where you're like, ah, like how do I, how do I get as funny as I am in the car? His, suge- his suggestion for me was that we rent a bus and ride around because I seem to be funny with motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what he was really saying was that the, the journey from what you got in your head and what you're able to do and, and the whole reason it compels you to do it because of the way people are reacting to you in real life. And then when you go on stage, that that journey, those few steps from, from the back of the room to the front of the room, are uh, they're a little bit bigger steps than a lot of people realize. You have taken those steps, man. I just want to say that. Listen, we got to run, but uh, I always enjoy speaking with you. I always enjoy your shows. Uh, you're going to be at Rick Bronson's tonight, two shows tonight, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. Um You've got a new uh, audio. Um, what, do you, what did you call it? It's not a CD. Yeah, exactly. I've got it. Yeah, you've got it. I can. It'd be funny if we like confuse what I told you. You've got a new audio business card. Uh, <laughs> no, <you've> got, no. <laughs> Dang it! No, yeah, no. <laughs> Come on down, folks. Get new audio business card. <laughs> no. Audio, audio, yeah, audio I business card. <laughs> Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a uh, my fourth comedy album. It's a audio special. It's called The Party Continues. Okay. And, uh, it's it's fantastic. It, if if they uh, and of course I want them to come tonight, but it's also available on iTunes and Amazon or wherever they buy uh, 
stuff like that. It's it's great, man. And and uh, man, it's always good to talk to you. And I want to, I, man, I want to, man, I could talk longer. I'd like to know more about like like what you said about the '80s and the Laugh Factory, and because I, I was kind of afraid to go to LA. I didn't I didn't hit LA until until uh, like '95. So I know man, you were there in a great time. I was already, you know, I was already living there. And uh, prior to that, um, I moved out to be an actor and became a uh, unlicensed pharmaceutical rep. And um, uh, um, <laughs> and when that business collapsed under the rate of under the weight of uh, bleeding noses and possible federal indictment, I became a comic. So uh, kind of like Snoop Dogg. You know what? The next time you're on, maybe we can even, you know, maybe we can get you to come in live and we can talk about all that stuff because I always love speaking with you as well. I always enjoy seeing your shows. I always watch you and go, how, I, the first time I saw you, you were pretty new, and I was looking at stage, and my thought was, as I was enjoying it, I go, how this guy become this funny this fast? And you've gotten funnier every time I see you. Darren, thank you so much. We'll see you tonight at Rick Bronson's thank House you, of Comedy. I'll be there. Thank you, guys. Have All a right. great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That guy, you know, when you see someone when they first start, uh, yeah, when you see someone when they very first start, and then um, uh, and to see them and and that they were funny then, mm-hmm. you know, and that they there there are guys who come hot out of the box because he was when I saw him I don't know how long he'd been doing it, you know, but uh, 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 he was new. Well, he's not that old. No, he was newer and he was hot out of the box. It was like wow, look at this, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a lot of guys that start out that way that start out kind of like as a Roman candle fizzle. He never fizzled. He got stronger and stronger. I used to see him a lot over the years. I would just be in comedy clubs doing other business or go down to see other friends of mine or maybe doing a show myself. And then I would hear he's going to be on, and I'd watch him and go, guy's gotten better. Guy's gotten better. He's, you know, he's doing it. I saw, I saw him go up at um, – I saw him go up in front of a primarily, primarily Latino audience at a Latino club following several extremely funny Latino guys. I'm thinking like maybe Danny Garcia. Uh, uh, I mean Jeff Garcia. Uh, and and uh, some other really great Latino comics, and um, I saw him take it, you know, and, and actually elevate the room even to a, to another level. They just loved him. So um, yeah, he is at Rick Brunson's House of Comedy tonight. Two shows, Saturday for two shows, Sunday for one show. If you want to see a funny, funny guy, if you just want to have a great time laughing, that is the show to see.